Hey, welcome everybody to our midweek Wednesday update, and we are having our uh, monthly visit with our good friend Olivier Melnick from Chosen People Ministries. Uh, Olivier, how are you doing? Tom, I cannot believe it's already been a month since last time we talked. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing how fast it goes. We're doing real well. Thank you. Happy to be back. Yeah, it was great to have you back. It's always good to talk to you, by the way. Um, a lot of interesting things have transpired over the last three or four weeks, too, here in America, but not just America, uh, but the whole world. And uh, yeah, you look at some of the wild things that are going on, which we're going to get in here into in just a second. By the way, I'm going to we're going to get into something else uh, regarding the nation of Israel and one of their celebrations that they have every year. And I look at what's going on with Iran, with Turkey, with Israel, with the BDS movement. I look at what's going on in America with pressure right now in Olivia. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, we keep hearing this this rhetoric that is out there to label all conservatives as white supremacists, to, to you, basically to mark them to marginalize them in society we're watching people get canceled and um uh, we saw mike lindell get canceled by bed bath and beyond apparently that hasn't gone well for bed bath and beyond but this is the nature of the of the world right now um the jews have been dealing with this for a long time oh by the way before we get going i want to say this to everybody uh, listen last week we talked about cast bank and they were the uh, have been the lender for calvary chapel san jose and they were threatening to uh, called the loan, and they gave them 18 days from the day that they said they, they called the loan. Uh, they say, sent, uh, issued a statement the other day, and they retracted that. They apologized. Listen, this is great news. Kudos goes out to Cass for doing the right thing. And I really want to give them a thumbs up because I was not too happy about it last week. Uh, neither were was my friend James Cadiz and Rob McCoy. But I want to give uh, kudos to Cass Bank for what I would say, doing the right thing. They even offered Calvary Chapel San Jose, a new loan with a lower interest rate. So this is really a praise report. So listen, there are good things that are happening out there. And with Mike Lindell, even though he got canceled by uh, by Bed Bath & Beyond, his business is booming and he's getting huge support. So listen, uh, uh, press forward and remember um, what's most important and is keeping our eyes fixed on, uh, on the prize. We are going to heaven. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, if you know him, he has forgiven you. He saved you. And, uh, but we have a lot of exciting things to talk about right now. So let's get going. Uh, Olivia, one more thing I want to ask you about. You have some books, because I tend to forget to mention those until we get to the end of the program. Uh, you have some books, and they're going to be very helpful for some of the things we're talking about today. Uh, what do well, you got? Yeah, well, I've got this one that came out just recently, and it's a good time to get going on it because this is the one-minute devotional. This is 365 of my favorite one-minute devotionals that I do every day that I've done for the last 13 years. So, uh, you know, it's, it's still the beginning of the year, and people can, you know, get into the Word and have a little devotional. And the book includes additional in-depth study you can do beyond what I post online every day. And, of course, the topic... Every time you have me on your program, somehow we end up talking about the hatred of the Jews and anti-Semitism, which is the topic that God has given me to deal with for the last 21 years now. I got this book, uh, End Times Anti-Semitism, which will cover some of what we talked today about and a lot more. And um, uh, another little manual on what Christians can do to actually make a difference. And those are all available 
on Amazon as well as on uh, www.newantisemitism.com. Great. Thank you. That's your website, newantisemitism.com. Uh, thank you. I hope we spell it right on the video down here. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Bliss, I, I don't know if you know this, but one of our viewers from the last month video we did, uh, you you had given a call to action. I think it came. a couple of different people had notified me that they did this. Uh, they said, what could you, the question was, what could people do to support the Jewish community as you're looking right. at International uh, right. Holocaust Remembrance Day. And right. uh, I got a couple of different emails, and one of them was real specific, and she had called synagogues. You suggested call synagogues and let them know that you support them, that you are praying for them. And, and she went into detail about how the, the relationship this opened up just over the last few weeks. And it was really exciting how she had told other people, call your local synagogue and let them know that you are praying for them. I Excellent. don't know. Well, yeah. I thank you for sharing one person at a time and rebuilding the bridges between the Christian community and the Jewish community. So much damage has been done. Uh, and it's not by the people that trying to call saying, I'm sorry for what I did. It's by the people before them or alongside them that are giving uh, Christianity a bad rep. And so, you know, one person at a time, one phone call at a time. I thank you for that. And I hope that person is listening today. But what they did was great. And we need more people like that. Yeah, that was great news. So we've actually had some really good news today. So uh, I say what, I'm going to ruin it right now. Are you ready? Let me ruin this with some bad news. <laughs> That's not my intention. But okay, so in America, I mentioned it. A lot of people already know this. If you're conservative, uh, they, there's this attempt to label you right now as this radical a terrorist is yeah. uh, one of the accusations. You're a white supremacist. Um, and, and you look at this, especially if you believe in the Bible. And then there's this uh, Sophia Bush, who apparently is an actress. I never heard of her before, but apparently she's well known. I guess maybe I just don't pay enough attention to Hollywood. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Sophia Bush advocates for labeling Republicans as terrorists. So uh, there you go, go. Another Hollywood star out there doing that. Uh, maybe that maybe they're just upset because a lot of people just don't watch them anymore. So they got to they got to say these things. Uh, but we're watching this rhetoric here in America. We're, we're seeing this thing just getting legs. It's getting it's really, really ugly. But then there's the Jewish history. And this is what I'm going to get into here in just a second with you. Uh, so here in America, well, we have this John Hopkins University Muslim teaching assistant admits to lowering Zionist students grades. Did you see that article? John Hopkins. No, that one. I, I, I must admit in front of your audience, that one I was not aware of. Yeah. The the campus Hillel is calling. When did that happen? Pardon me? When did that happen? Oh, this was just reported on Sunday. This is just a couple of okay. days ago this came out. Um, the campus Hillel is calling upon students to contact its office if they suspect the teaching assistant lowered their grade as an act of anti-Semitism. Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore has launched a probe into allegations against a university Muslim teaching assistant for alleged anti-Semitism, potential abuse of authority in the discharge of academic responsibilities on our uh, campus. And it goes into the ethics of it and what's been happening to Jewish students that were in his class and you think, okay, uh, but we're, you look at this and you go, man, okay, now I look at the other news. 
Okay, so with that, we have this also coming from Israel. This is all related to uh, Jewish news. Uh, and there's some exciting things in here, and there's some alarming things in here. Archaeology clues lead to site of Israel's tabernacle where God dwelt uh, among his people. A really cool, good Old Testament story. Israeli University honors Trump's in, uh, Israel ambassador with doctorate. That would be David Friedman. And then there's this. This is from Israel Hayom. Uh, Kushner Friedman nominated for Nobel Prize by none other than Professor Alan Dershowitz. Look at that and I go, that's pretty interesting. He's a, and he, and he's, he's a self-professed self uh, Democrat. I mean, you know, he's yeah, he, 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 he'll let you know he's, he's, all, he's voted liberal and Democrat, but he's really, at the same time, I, he's very fair when it comes yes. to a lot of things. And you watch Absolutely. what he, he is not, he does not like what he is watching, watching what's happening right now in America. And then when you see what's going on with Israel, uh, and then there's this uh, Blinken, uh, the uh um, uh, Biden's new appointee said Iran could be weeks away from enough nuclear material for a bomb. So we have that. So you have this really negative things. And then there is this one, Olivier, uh, Turkey. This is from the UK Express. Turkey is unintentionally paving way to end times prophecy expert claims. So we have these different things going on. So uh, we have some neat things where God is doing some really neat things. But there's this threat to eliminate the Jewish people again from the land of Israel, uh, to eliminate the Jews from the planet. We have this threat. Johns Hopkins University with this anti-Semitism here in America. And we've seen this story before in history past, haven't we? Yes. You know, I'm listening to you, Tom, and, and, you know, outside of the couple of good news you gave us, and thank you for that, everything is, you know, pretty sad, pretty pretty uh, depressing. And, and you, from a human standpoint, you're thinking, is God not in control? Is God, does he, is he not powerful enough to do something, to stop things? Or, or Maybe he doesn't care, or maybe, or maybe God is doing something more important to Himself right now. And so you, you look at all this, and and and, and you, you think God is is not involved in in any of that, and He's not. And but then it reminds me, uh, you know, talking about the, the upcoming Jewish festival of Purim, which is going to be on the twenty fifth of February. It reminds me of how um, completely behind the scene. God was really involved uh, in, in the book of Esther that led to the festival, the, the post-biblical festival of Purim. And, uh, and so it's, uh, I, 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 I'm reminded of that. And the beauty of Purim is, um, again, I, I think I mentioned that probably in a, in a previous podcast with you, where every holiday that we have on the Jewish calendar involves eating some special food. You know, we Jews like to eat, what can I tell you? You know, eating some special food and and celebrating the fact that you know God provided and protected us. So we have this thing saying, you know, they tried to kill us, we won. Let's eat. That's the Jewish <laughs> festival right there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Purim is just like that. We celebrate. Uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, I think you've been on in Israel uh, on Purim one year. I, I and you have, saw all kinds of people dressed up on the street. Yeah, I have been to Israel on Purim, and it was it was most interesting. Um, I didn't realize, you know, when I was there, it, you know, I, I just didn't think ahead of time what uh, when it was because I was just going to Israel again. I was excited about it. I couldn't wait, and I didn't think of Purim, so I wasn't prepared. All of a sudden, I started noticing people all around 
Everywhere we went in Israel, they've got costumes on. And we're driving around Jerusalem, and I looked over, and I'm, it, it was kind of like Halloween a little bit with the costumes that people are wearing. Listen, my, my pastor told me the story uh, that he, he decided to visit the local Chabad synagogue with his wife because they love Israel, they love the Jewish people. We're going to Israel with them this fall. And uh, he said they went to the synagogue, and uh, and they just went in, and they, they did not know they went on tour night. And so they arrive over there, and they sit, and they ask the ladies to sit in one corner, and the men to sit in another corner. So he sits with the men. He doesn't know anybody. He's kind of shy coming into the Jewish community. And here comes this rabbi dressed like Elvis <laughs> to preach a sermon. And he's going like, what? Where am I? Vegas. He had no Las idea. Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> he had no idea he was walking into a Purim celebration. But yeah, Purim, we, we dress up, we, uh, we eat special foods, we, um, we, we, we read the scroll of Esther, which is you know, the, 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 the story of Esther, not very long, but uh, we reread the whole story. And every time the protagonists, you know, either Mordecai, Esther, or Haman, every time their names are mentioned, we have those little gruggers that we turn in our hands, we make noise, and we either go... You know, yeah, for uh, Mordecai and Esther, or boo for Haman. So any synagogue you go to on Purim, it's very lively, very lively. Oh, I'm sure it is. But, uh, go ahead. Well, I, I'm thinking of it. We were in the Jewish quarter one time during the celebration of Purim in, in uh, you know, Israel, Jerusalem, and we're sitting at a cafe, and. These kids came by. They're, they're little kids. I'm thinking 12, 13, 14 years old. Uh, and they had a bottle of vodka. And, and I'd never seen this before in America. Uh, you, you experience similar things when you go over to Europe, like Italy and different areas. And it was quite a surprise. And I didn't know, you know, so, I, so there's a connection. I mean, when you look at the whole thing. Um, it is it, just fascinating. Uh, the most, but really, what's fascinating is that it's God did this incredible thing when it seemed like, as you mentioned, God's not even mentioned in the whole story of Esther. He's not mentioned in the story at all. And what starts as a, a, a plot to completely destroy the Jewish people ends up the other way around. I think the the, the, the story of Purim is a perfect live historical, biblical example of the mandate we read in Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you when God talks to Abraham and his descendants, the Jewish people. Because what happened? Haman tried, Haman built gallows to kill Mordecai. And at the end of the book of Purim, at the book of Esther, we see Haman and his 10 sons hanging on the very gallows he built for the Jews. A blessing for a blessing, a curse for a curse. He wanted to curse the Jews. And, uh, and he ended up hanging on the gallows. But wh what I find fascinating in, 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 in Purim is, it's mostly in chapter three. In chapter three of Purim, of, uh, of Esther, um, you read what the, 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 the method that Haman is using to get rid of the Jew. And the first thing, and I got the verses in front of me here, the, the first thing that he does is, um, uh, he, you know, he, he, he um, identifies the one Jew, Mordecai, that, uh, that is not buying to him, is not listening to him, and, uh, and, and it says, he doesn't say he's buying to God, even God is not mentioned, but we know that's what he's doing. He's a, he's a, a faithful Jew, and so uh, Haman gets really upset, and, he, and because of one Jewish man who is really bothering him, then in a couple of verses later, 
uh, in, you know, it, and I read, but it, it, it disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him who the people of Mordecai were. Therefore, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai, who were throughout the whole kingdom of Hasuerus. So one guy really upset him. He said, like, let's kill all the Jews. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. The next couple of verses, uh, Haman talks to the king and he says, their laws are different, talking about the Jewish people. Their laws are different from those of all the people and they do not observe the king's law. So it is not in the king's interest to let them remain. So Haman is trying to convince his leader that those Jews, they're different. It's not good for us. We, not, we need to get rid of them. They're different. And then he goes a step further, a couple of verses later in uh, verses 9 through 13. I'll just read one short passage. He says, um, Haman says, If it is pleasing to the king, let it be decreed that they be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those who carry on the king's business. So now you have a guy who is upset at a, at a Jewish man, wants to destroy all the Jews, tries to convince the people in, 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 in power they are different. They don't fit our society. We, not, we need to put them away. And then he says, let's do it all together. You decree so nobody can take back a, a, a royal decree back in those days. This is the final word. And I'll pay for it. And then you look at those, those things, and this is parallel what Hitler did with the Jews during the 40s. That's exactly, and I've got an article coming up in the next few days on that on my website. Uh, you look at Purim and uh, you, you look at what happened. Uh, you know, I summarize it. One man's jealousy led to uncontrolled hatred. Targeted hatred became global hatred. Hatred was apparently caused because of nonconformity. Attempted annihilation of the Jews was structured and organized, and funds were spent and financial wealth was provided for the perpetrators. It, you, you, it sounds like I'm reading the Nazi agenda. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's really what Haman's tried to do. It is both. But, uh, and then you look at a very interesting, uh, one of Hitler's key uh, uh, protagonists, his name is Julius Stryker. He wrote a, a very nasty uh, anti-Semitic newspaper called Der Sturmer. And uh, at the Nuremberg trials, uh, he was the only one, I think, that was... Uh, found guilty not for acts against the Jews, but simply for writing against the Jewish people and encouraging people to go after them. And because of that, it was deemed that he was uh, committing crimes against humanity, and he was uh, he ended up hanging on the gallows in, uh, in, the, in 1946. And his, fam, in his last words when he was hanging on the gallows was Purim Fest 1946. Wow. Wow, I never knew that. That is, that so, is that's, you know, it, there's really, in a strange way, there's hope in this whole story because we don't see God's hand. Let's just relate it to things where we are right now. Uh, if you give me a minute here to think about it like that. We don't, it's hard for a lot of people to see God's hand in this. Yeah. Um, and then when you look at this also, does the Bible anywhere in the book of Esther say what the reason was for the hatred that, that uh, Haman had for Mordecai? Yes. They're, he te Mordecai tells us, King Asuerus, we need to get rid of them because they're different. No, I mean, that's it. So it's that's not, it. It's not, it's not because, hey, he, I mean, he did something evil. It's just that he's different. Okay. So I look at this and I think this, it just seems to be, it happened in Nazi Germany in a, in a weird way. There seems to be the spiritual dynamic 
that is still here. I think it's demonic. So if you were look at um, the Hasidic communities, take New York, Jerusalem, there's a huge celebration in Jerusalem just the other day um, with a uh, Hasidic community gathering together. And it's been happening in New York. Como's come down pretty hard on them. Uh, from what I've seen, I know, you know, there may be some different reasonings behind it. But I look at it from my perspective, being the pastor of a church, being the pastor of a church that's open, also being blamed for, look, they're different. But I look at with the Jews and I can see the same rhetoric that was going on back then. It is this is going to the target is 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 there. It's spiritual dynamic. And it they're is. different. So when you look at society right now, you are standing out if you're just not going along with the the flow. The flow. You're, and it's just remarkable. The history repeats itself. Yeah. And, you know, what, what we need to remember is that, um, you know, what's happening, uh, and we, we have to be fair, what's happening against Jews and what's also happening against Christians right now. It's, it's really, you know, the, 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 the vice is being, you know, uh, you know, it's being screwed tighter and tighter against uh, uh, people of faith, really, uh, Christians and Jews. Uh, but when you look at the Jewish people, the way uh, the story ended in Purim, where uh, in, in the book of Esther, where um, uh, God, even though he was, he was invisible, he, he was not mentioned, he was very much in control and he orchestrated the whole thing and, and he knew how it was going to end. And, and, and I have the utmost confidence that no matter what happens to our people right now, which we need to, you know, we need to fight anti-Semitism. We need to denounce, you know, BDS and uh, Christian Palestinianism. And I, I do the best I can in my books and my conferences and my articles. Uh, and you do too, and, you know, from, from, from your, uh, your perspective. But we know that, uh, you know, a verse that I probably, I'd be surprised if I don't find myself quoting that verse every single podcast I do with you, Jeremiah 31, uh, 35 through 37, when God promises he will never destroy Israel. Uh, so we know that God is going to win at the end, and it better be on God's side than on the other side. Uh, but it's, it's very scary to see the similarities between, uh, you know, the story of Haman in, 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 in the book of Esther and what happened to the Jews in the 40s and what is kind of brewing right now with this censorship and uh, stigmatization um, ostracized, uh, you know, uh, being ostracized yeah. and demonized, really being demonized. Yeah. History repeats itself. And if you go back and look at history here, we can go back into biblical history, then secular history. And uh, this is also a reason why people really need to learn from history. But here in America, we're watching statues being torn down. We're watching all these things being removed. And we are going into this place of repeating just disastrous things again. And I think you and I and people who watch this type of program, uh, we, we see these things and that's what's so disturbing. But again, there's, there really is this, this really neat hope in this because uh, it, again, it's just a reminder. I know we've mentioned it several times already. You don't see God's name mentioned anywhere in the book of Esther, but God uh, in his providence, he is everywhere in the book of Esther uh, calling all the shots. In fact, isn't it Mordecai th that uh, goes to his niece? Isn't, wasn't Esther his niece? 
Yes. And he adopted her, if I remember correctly. And um, so he said, Esther, if you don't step up, then God will raise up somebody else. And it, it doesn't say God. It doesn't, no, it doesn't say God. It doesn't, doesn't say God. Say, he he right. says somebody just, else will, will, will be raised for such a time as this. Yeah. But he doesn't mention thank, the word God. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for that. Correcting you? Because <laughs> it, is, it is interesting. You just don't have God mention it. But it's strength for today where we are that God is still in control, even if we don't see him in the circumstances, we don't feel like it. Um and it's understanding God is sovereign and we forget God is sovereign, especially when we're going through through strange times like we are. Okay. Now and, I, yeah. You know, God was even sovereign during the Holocaust. God didn't cease to exist. Mm. For many Jewish people, he ceased to exist after the Holocaust. If people came back from the Holocaust or lost members of their family, like my mother. She she just said, you know, God, you know, I can't believe in a God and she changed her mind, you know, later in life. Uh, praise God, but she just couldn't see how a God would allow those things to happen. But God was even uh, uh, was even there during the Holocaust, and a lot of people actually came. It's documented. I can't tell you the number, but people came to faith in the camps. Yeah. So, uh, uh, the, what I like to call it is the eclipse of God. It's basically the, the eclipse of God, where you don't see God, but he, he's he's just eclipsed by something else, but he's right behind it. So he's always there. But it's just like, I can't see God. Doesn't mean he doesn't exist. Doesn't mean he's dead. Doesn't mean he's, he's, he's not powerful. It's just an eclipse. For a time, you can't see, you can't hear. Yeah. But he's, uh, it's like during the 400 silent years, you know, in the Bible. Did God stop doing his business for four centuries? Of course mm -hmm. not. Yeah, but uh, it'd be very hard. I mean, I, I can't. I can only imagine it, it. That's really all I can do. My, my dad is ninety. He had a friend who passed away a few years ago who was Jewish. Uh, he was a Holocaust survivor. He was somewhere from Eastern Europe, and I can't remember. But my dad would go over to his house all the time and talk with him. But he was really. He had a really hard time, and they had this conversation about where was God in the Holocaust. And he just had the hardest time wrapping his his mind around that. Um, and, you know, you look, you go, that is hard for people to see when you see pain and suffering. Uh, w when you see something like that, especially when I think I don't know, if, I don't know if we can answer this question. I mean, no, we know God's there. But for me as a pastor who teaches on Jewish things frequently, probably more than most pastors do, when I look at yeah, when, I, when I look back at uh, the Holocaust, I think, OK, God chose. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, he had a covenant with them. I understand I understand Bible prophecy. I get those things. I know how it's going to end. I totally get it. And I understand. In fact, my message that is coming uh, this, this week for Sunday night, I'm excited about it, is on God restoring the nation of Israel and, and the Jewish people in the last days. So I know how it ends, but it's hard for me to wrap my mind around things like the Holocaust. And uh, in in that, yeah, uh, you know, Tom, uh, I don't think God caused the Holocaust. That that's not the kind of God that we have. But I'm okay with saying that He allowed it to happen because it happened. I mean, it's and and, and, and it nothing can happen in this world unless God causes it or allows it to happen. It's, those are two options. So He allowed it to happen, and some people said, "Do you think it was to punish Israel?" 
I don't think God wanted to just punish Israel and then say, you know what, I'm going to let a bunch of you die in the Holocaust, even though we know it would take place because he's all-knowing. But I think what happened is that the, the trend in, in, in the history of the Jewish people is that they disobey, we, I'm Jewish, we disobey a lot. I mean, the, the disobedience of Israel is a recurrent theme in the Bible. We see it a lot, book after book after book, chapter after chapter. And what happened is that the Jewish people would actually put themselves under the protection of God, and then they would leave and go and leave from being under the protection of God. And then God said, okay, I'm going to keep an eye on you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to take care of you. But if you go do your own thing, you might be on your own. And when the Jewish people uh, were put in the diaspora and, 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 and maybe did not obey God, did their own thing, when we go do our own thing, we're, we're, we're at the mercy of whoever's going to do whatever to us. And that's, that's the way I look at it. Like, like a son living under the roof of his father says, you know what, I'm, I'm, I've had it with you. I don't want to be under your roof. I want to do my own thing. I'm out of here. The father never stops being the, the father of his son. Mm-hmm. No matter where the son goes around the world, but the son is on his own. He's not protected by his father anymore. And he's going to run into some trouble. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. And not until he comes back to the house to be under his father's house and get the protection. So it's good. It's for all of us. If, if we don't, you know, if, if we should try to do the best we can to be under the protection of God and under his, you know, within his will and do and obey God. And when we don't, and we try to take matters into our own hands, that's where it gets kind of iffy. Now, I'm not saying this is exactly what happened with the Holocaust, but I'm leaning towards that. That's the best, best explanation I can come up with on why the Holocaust, but I don't think we, nobody will ever be able to really give an answer on why the Holocaust uh, and, until the other side, until we're you know, yeah. in glory, and then it won't matter. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, we know evil people, obviously, we know that. Uh, um, now, I also look at this, and I'm going to throw this out there. I know we're pretty much out of time, but when I look at, You look at the history of the Jewish people, go all the way back to the beginning of the Jewish people, including the book of Esther, various stories in the Bible, a secular history, right on up to today, you see, you can see why the nation of Israel, uh, the Jews that are gathering there, have gathered there, they've become quite skeptical of anybody who says I'm here to help or I'm here for or or I'm here I mean that would make me kind of go okay seems like everywhere we go they're trying to kill us um, so you look at the nation of Israel they're a very tiny nation they have learned to be uh, the most resourceful nation in the world I would say especially in the limited time and their limited size they're powerful and you, you start to put together Bible prophecy and what's going to happen in the end is the same bizarre thing where a Mordecai, uh, a, a Haman is going to rise up to say, we're going to eliminate all these Jewish people. Why? They're different. And they they're are in different. the way. They're in the way. Yeah. And, here's, and here's the big difference is God had a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You have the land covenant. You also have the Davidic covenant that the Messiah would come through the Jewish people, uh, Yeshua. Um, and, uh, but there's many Jews that are in the land of Israel and in the world right now. They're actually looking for the Messiah, probably more than they have in a long time. Yeah, I think since since the, the pandemic and, and the sense that there's no not having any hope in the world, Jewish people have some some deep spiritual uh, 
questions and their longing for the coming of the Messiah, not the return. So you and I, me a Jew, yeah. you and Gentile, we're looking for the return of Yeshua. Uh, my people are looking for the coming of the Messiah. And, uh, and it, it's a great time for, for you and I to be in ministry because we have hope like nobody else has. Yeah. Amen. I think it's Dennis Prager who said, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I know you've heard it, that uh, when the Messiah returns or when the Messiah comes, I'll ask him, have you been here before? And, you, know, no, never. <laughs> you haven't heard that? <laughs> you know, I like that. Yeah, because Prager doesn't believe, you know, Jesus was the Messiah. So. Right, right, <laughs> I think right. it's great. Hey, I, I know we're out of time. Final closing thoughts. Your, your material again. Any thoughts you have? Purim is coming up. Purim's the uh, 21st of this month? Uh, 25th. The 25th. 25th is uh, it's a Thursday, okay, and it's the eve. You know, the day starts the night before in, in the Jewish calendar. So, uh, uh, and actually, uh, you know what? Here is another not a challenge, but an invitation to your audience. If you love Israel, if you love the Jewish people, call your synagogue and say, "Hey, I'm not Jewish, but uh, are you doing anything special for Purim, or can I participate? Can I come and, and, and I don't know if they're going to meet in person at this point, but they might, or they might do something on Zoom and send you an invitation. But show your interest in the Jewish community, in, always in the idea of rebuilding the bridges that have been destroyed by 2,000 years of mis, misconception about Jews and Gentiles and Jews and, Jews and Christians. So I would say uh, uh, call your synagogue and ask him in uh, uh, they can people can visit my website uh, newantisemitism.com to get any of those books and even even a DVD that you and I did that I forgot yeah, to mention. That's right. We have that DVD and it is actually fantastic. It's really uh, good on anti-Semitism really and actually it looks at it looks at history going back two thousand years. I got to interview you, and it, I couldn't believe how much that I learned uh, in that interview with you. And that was me doing the interview, and I thought I, I knew a lot yeah. already, but it, it was yeah. fantastic. And I would say to anybody out there, you go to uh, Olivia's website, newantisemitism.com. You can get the DVD there. I would say go to my website, hopeforourtimes.com, and get the DVD. But our store is not open right now. It's not going to be open probably for a couple more months, and then we'll have these things. But right now, you can go to newantisemitism.com, get the things and you'll, you will be blessed and next time uh, unless there's something more pressing to talk about maybe we'll talk about castle oh that you know what that would be that would be there's a lot, lot of fun we will be march passover is i know when easter is this year i'm trying to think do you know when passover is uh yeah i think i know uh passover is uh, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to look at my calendar I'm right find now. It. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to find it. Since we got everybody that's holding for us right now wondering when that's is, right. you know how many people already Googled it and, and, uh, and figured it out before we even got there? Uh, March 27. So there we go. Okay, Mar is Easter or Passover? Passover. Okay, Easter. well then, then let's do that. Let's 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 talk about Passover in March and let's talk about all the parallel between the Passover lamb and the Lamb of God. That would be that would that would be really cool. Um, and and again, I can't. I, I can only imagine how many people found Passover on their calendar before we came up. They're fast. They're faster than both of us. Well, yeah, we're old. Oh, by the way, you're what a day older than me. Two days. Old, two days. You have to bring it up. No meme. Again. Two days. You have to bring. You have to bring it up again. I I did. I I did. I had to bring it up two days. Yo meme. I, I wouldn't mind being two days older than you if I got the respect owed to me by you. I respect you. 
Okay. In front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. We, you heard it. Okay, listen. Because Olivier's old, I respect him. <laughs> because he's smart and because he's awesome because I love him as a brother and he's a great friend. Hey, thank you very much, Olivier. Thank I look you. forward to seeing you soon. I'll be talking to you real soon. And then again, next time on this, we will be doing Passover. This is going to be great. Shalom. Shalom. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time. Music